the idea of starting completely. Yep, just like that. That's a good way to start. Do the, <laughs> do the logo and the theme song, Danae. Do the oh. logo and the theme song. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, we don't have a theme song, do we? No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We, of course we do. You've got one. Yeah, oh, right. I have a theme song. You've been song. working on it all week. Uh, he's the critic. He knows stuff. He's the geek. <laughs> <laughs> he knows stuff, too. <laughs> She's the girl. <laughs> She's got eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know anything. Yes. Oh, no. Yes, thank you very much. Well You're done. Welcome, welcome to welcome. episode two of The Critic, The Geek, and The Girl. We're going to chat uh, my adventures in Los Angeles. We're going to chat a little bit about the Batman and Superman news, and then we will review the new Jack Ryan movie, Shadow Recruit. Rec- uh, rec- rec- not recute. Recruit. Recute. Yeah, Although i got to say, somewhere. he is cute. Chris Pine, pretty recute. Right? Super cute. Am I not right? So, uh, before we do that, we'll introduce ourselves. Uh, my name's Aaron. I, I am the critic, an official movie critic. Uh, Captain Logan? Hi! I'm Captain Logan from Geekvolution. How's it going? <laughs> he gets to play the geek, and Danae? Hello, I'm Danae. I am the girl. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate the clarification. Uh, you can find me at yourmoviefriend.com. Uh, Captain Logan, you have a YouTube channel at Geekvolution, and uh, we yes. are... WeAreGeeksNotNerds.com on the web? Right? Yes, WeAreGeeksNotNerds.com. Well done, sir. And uh, Danae is at DanaeHughes.com if you want to check her stuff out. So let's get right into it. I was in Los Angeles this last week for the Critics' Choice Movie Awards. My first time going. I'm so excited. Uh, I had a great time rubbing shoulders with lots of very famous people and also giving away awards. Although I have to say of the, the things I voted for, very few of them actually won. Oops. So perhaps I'm a little different than most of my colleagues. <laughs> Would that bother but, you when you were like sitting in the room and you're like, no? No, it, it did not bother me at all. I was having such a great time. Um, I'll give a little bit just a kind of on how that event went and kind of some stuff that happened during the week. But I'd love if you have any questions, both Danae and Captain Logan, as well as if you do, you can ask them on YouTube. Or we actually have the Ask Questions app open on this uh, yeah, Hangout. I'm very curious. So if you are live works. and you can watch on G+, I think that's where you ask the questions in the G+, Hangout section. Um, you can do it there, but you can also type them in the YouTube comments. I should get those through email, so I should know that they're up. Um, but yeah, but so basically, I spent the week in LA with my family. We did a lot of fun stuff. I went and saw Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, saw a taping of Jimmy Kimmel, which was incredible. Saw a taping of the Tim Allen show that's taped in front of a live studio audience. Uh, the name escapes me right at this moment. Um, uh, Last Man Standing, which is his new show. It's basically Home Improvement 2 with girls. That's basically the show. Um, and then uh, we also went to The Price is Right. So I was taping The Price is Right and got to be in the audience for that craziness. That's crazy. Uh, and then th- Thursday night, uh, this past Thursday night, uh, went to the Critics' Choice Awards, got all dressed up, and I mean, everybody that was nominated was there. Uh, there hey, there's a question. Everybody. Hey, there's a question. It works. Do you see it? No, the answer to your question, Emmett, is yes, we can see that. Exactly. <laughs> So, well done, Emmett. Yes, I answered that question. Yes. Well done, well done. By the way, I should mention, before we go on with this, um, you, if you want to watch this live, if you're watching this recorded, which is very possible, most people who see this will see it recorded. We do this Monday at 2 every other Monday is what we're planning on doing. So just to get that right out front and say, you know, um, if you want to join us live and you have Monday afternoons where you can, you know, kill half an hour with us uh, around 2 o'clock, uh, we are planning on doing that about every other week. Uh, so anyways, back to Critics' Choice Awards. 
it was amazing to see all these people who I've only seen on the big screen or in interviews and that kind of stuff live in person and uh, to get a chance to say hey to them and to take some awkward, awkward selfies, selfies with them, uh, which you may have seen on my Twitter feed or my Facebook feed. Um, oh, my goodness. I love the one of you with Sandra Bullock because their hashtags are you were so nervous being close to her that you were, like, shaking. So it was, like, this super shaky picture of uh -huh. Sandra. But I was pretty <laughs> impressed that you had enough guts to be, like, so, Sandra, you want to take an awkward selfie with me? <laughs> you, know what, you know what she said when I asked her that? She said, well, it won't be awkward, but sure. That was her response. Ooh, nice. She <laughs> and, did have the best speech that night. I'm oh, sure. she was incredible. Uh, and, and, and then I said, well, can I at least be awkward even if you're not? And she was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so do you guys have anything that you want to know about the awards or the experience or anything like that? I know, you know I kind of briefly went over it. Um, can I go next time? <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll have to fight my wife for that one, and uh, I'm pretty sure she'll probably want to go again. Um, I don't want to fight your wife. That would be awkward. <laughs> so maybe I'll just bow out. Yeah, um, she's she's pretty set for now. Maybe she'll get tired of it eventually, and then you'll then you'll have to go through my sister, my mom, my mother-in-law, my dad, my brother. They've they've all kind of laid dibs on that ticket. So I have a feeling I'm low on the totem pole. That's <laughs> that's sad. We just have to make, we, Captain Logan. We just have to make this like a podcast thing, right? Where all three of us have to go. Ooh. Yeah, that's that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. No, I I just I got nothing to say. I'm too jealous. I I just I can't talk about this. Like it's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. No. Fair no. Enough. Aaron. Aaron. I want to know. Uh, I want to know what other cool people you met. Okay. So yeah, I met Sandra. Uh, Sandra Bullock. I met Tom Hanks. Um. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um. Matthew McConaughey. Um, Spike Jones. Spike Jones, who was a, I was oh, really cool. excited about. Very um, cool. So, and then I didn't get to meet, but I was around like uh, Oprah. Um, let's see, <laughs> wow. Martin Scorsese. The Oprah, the Oprah picture was fun because you couldn't get close because she has guards. So yes. we kind of like just stood and like turned, and it was like the circle of guards, and there was Oprah <laughs> at the table. <laughs> yeah, Oprah uh, is Aaron. well guarded. <laughs> Aaron, my my audience uh, might want to know this. Did you did you meet any superheroes or anybody that's been major in superhero movies? You know, they were they were absent. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., even though he was nominated, was one of the few that wasn't there. Um, okay. And for the most part, those movies didn't get nominated. Iron Man three was nominated for a couple things. Uh -huh. um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I don't even mean necessarily from this year. I just mean like even from general. times past, like just major actors that have been superheroes. Did you meet any of them? Well, let's name some. Like, like who specifically would there have been that might have been there for the award season this year? I mean, like, well, because like I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, I, I should say Chris, so. Christian Bale, like Christian Bale would be yeah, one. Bale like, yeah. was not there. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Interestingly enough, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I did not get a chance to meet. He wasn't at the Critics' Choice Awards, but he was at the Jimmy Kimmel taping that I was at. So I oh, was in the same cool. room with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and heard him talking about, um, what's the, the Sandman? Is that the, the one that he's possibly working on? Um, uh, yeah, that's what that's what I heard. Was that that's he was what he said. On. Another one oh, that great, was, cool. He, he said they're in the very awesome. early stages of it, but that they're working on it. Another Ooh, that's a, yeah, that's um, very exciting. It would have been Scarlett Johansson. Um, Scarlett Johansson, who yeah. Who was nominated for supporting actress for her. In but her, wasn't there. yeah. So. Yep. And it, I'm assuming she didn't win for that, yeah? 
No, she didn't. Yeah. I was bummed. That was one of the ones that I voted for that didn't I win. figured. Yeah, who uh, won that? The uh, Best Supporting Actress went to Lupita from 12 Years a Slave, which oh, okay, it's hard to enough. argue with yeah. that. Her performance in that is Her just dress insane. was amazing. Yeah, she, she did. Was, she like, did She had, like, the sparkles, but it wasn't too much sparkle. Oh, my goodness. She looked fabulous, and she's got, like, this beautiful complexion, like, this perfectly symmetrical face, and she had this adorable accent. It was awesome. And that's why By we the way, invite I finally... the girl. <laughs> I finally caught up and uh, and saw her yesterday and uh, really enjoyed think? it. I'm, I'm going to put a review of that up in a couple days. Yeah, I really did. I got to tell you, um, I don't know if I liked it quite as well as you guys did because I found it really uncomfortable in a lot of places. It is. Because it was supposed to be. But, I mean, like, yeah, right. like, like I was shifted in my chair a little bit. There, here's <laughs> the thing. I think, and I'm not going to sit there here and just review this movie, but I, I feel like um, Spike Jones nailed too much about the future, and it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's like, a great way to say it. There's too many things where I was like, holy crap, I think he's right, and that's depressing. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great way to say uh, it. But, but it was a fascinating experience. A lot, it really stream of consciousness. Like, surprising how, um, how fantastic it all comes together at the end when that middle part is just kind of... I mean, like, a slog's not the right word because I wasn't, like, not enjoying myself. But, I mean, like, it's a lot of just, like, trying to figure out what people are. Um... But yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, cool. Um, I'm going to... Uh, we're just kind of testing this Q&A thing, and Emmett asked another question. It says, what exactly is this Q&A about? Now, I'm going to hit this select button and see yeah, what happens now. I don't now. have a button. I can't, I can't actually do anything with the so, questions. It says, currently answering, what oh. exactly is this Q&A about? Oh, well, that's a so, good question. This episode is has three main parts to it. Question and answer about Aaron's trip to L.A., and then the second would be what's coming Batman. up in a moment, Batman, Superman, Superman. Batman. Right. And then the third, we're going to be reviewing uh, Shadow Recruit. So. so there you go. So now I hit done, and that question has been answered. Check. Yeah, that's how that, that's how that works. That's exciting. Um, yeah, so if you ask a, so if you ask a question like, what did you think of Shadow Recruit? We're going to answer that anyway, <laughs> so that would be a waste yeah. of a question. <laughs> that would be an absolute waste of a question. Yeah. Right. Um, overall, I would say the... For my Ooh. first time doing this thing, I was I was really really excited, really happy, and uh, oh, let's select another question. Yeah, Steve has a question for us. Oh, my buddy Steve! Steve What's wants up, Steve? to know if you have a favorite speech or victory at the awards, Aaron. Yes, uh, it's already been referenced. Sandra's speech for best action. Uh, uh, what's what's the actual category? Best best uh, actress in an action movie. Mm -hmm. She won yeah. for Gravity. Oh, okay. And her whole speech was about how she's this amazing action hero, <laughs> yeah. and it was it was just incredible. She got she started off by thanking like Jean Claude Van Damme yeah. and Sylvester Stallone <laughs> and how they've trained her, and it was just it was it was perfect. And then just like true to form for Sandra, she's able to just you know roll with any punch. There was like a blip, some sort of a technical error, and a sounder played for the Critics' Choice Awards, and she just goes, "What the." and then she drops the F-bomb. Like, I'm talking here. You don't interrupt an action star. And it was just so funny. It was perfect. Yeah, she was amazing. Uh, I, was, I was glad to see her win for something, even though she didn't win for Best Actress. It's becoming very clear that Kate Blanchett is going to win the Best Actress Oscar. She's sweeping everything. Um, that kind of makes me sad, because I didn't think that movie was all that great, Blue Jasmine. Um, her performance in it is... That 
is really good. Her performance is really good, but I don't think it stands up to those other women who were nominated. So, um, but it's not the Aaron Choice Awards. Nope, nope, it's not. I only nope. get one vote. Uh, as far as favorite victory goes, um, I don't know. I trying to remember who won best supporting actor. Um, you know what? I think my I think best victory is the one that I know that that I voted for as well, which is Matthew McConaughey. Uh, his performance in Dallas Buyers Club is well worth the awards that he's winning. It's it's an absolutely transformative, incredible performance. So I was glad to see him win. And uh, side note, I had just taken my awkward selfie with Matthew McConaughey about 60 seconds before he was on stage accepting that award. That's probably why oh, that's he cool. looks so cool. Yes. There. That's probably why he yeah, looks so he, distracted. That's right. Yeah. Because he, he just had the honor of getting to meet Aaron Dicer 60 seconds before he walked up on stage. That's exactly right. Hey, Aaron, um, Aaron, I got a question for you. Because um, I, I just, like, like surely you have an opinion on this. What do you think is going to win Best Picture for, for the Oscars? I think it's almost guaranteed at this point to be 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, um, I think so, too. It's, it's, it's one Critics' Choice, it won Golden Globe Drama, one SAG. Uh, it's, it just seems pretty clear that that's going to win. How I put it in my... When the nominations came out, I did kind of a... Uh, I tweeted like a million tweets about my thoughts about the, the nominations. And the one I said about Best Picture, one of the ones I said, was it's 12 Years a Slave to Lose, American Hustles to Gain, and Gravities to Shock the World. That's basically the three that have any sort of chance... Uh, in, in how they would do it. American Hustle would have to gain some weird momentum here in the end, but it, I mean, it could do it. Gravity would be a huge shock, uh, even though it has some su support. Well, and what's interesting about that, too, is that if we were talking just like, just like, uh, you know, the, the broad movie-going community, I feel like I feel like a lot of people would want Gravity. Like, almost everybody I talk to that goes to, to movies regularly says Gravity was the best movie that came out last year. Yeah. Even over even over 12 Years a Slave and things and, like that. So. And it's, again, it's the one I voted for. You know, so I, I'm yeah. with you on that. So, um, yeah. But I, but I have to say what it's fighting against is the, in, the historical importance of 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. And it was done right. very well. And it's also fighting against David O. Russell, who is just, they love David O. Russell, who did American Hustle. And, you know, the Academy loves him. So, and it's a good movie. It's, you know, it's done very well. So, um, I think, I think you're seeing again and again that movies that peak a little early just have a hard time winning awards. And Gravity came out when? In like September, October? I mean, it was pretty early as far as award season is concerned. Yeah, which is irritating because it, it is for the entire year. Yeah. But they, but they didn't think about that when they released the movie, and that's something that the director and the actor and actresses and, the, you know, Sandra said, is they really weren't expecting this film to take off like it did. So, I mean, it no, wasn't like no. people were well, trying to create a movie that was going to be, you know, going for the for the, all the awards, but it worked, and I think it was kind of an exciting surprise for them, too. So... Yeah, I've talked about this with a lot of people. I don't think anybody expected Gravity to take off the way it did. And I mean, yeah, like when I, when I first saw trailers, I didn't think it was going to be any good either. I mean, like I don't think anybody expected anything from that movie. I didn't. I was like, oh, good, a space movie. We're floating in space. Excellent. That's something that terrifies me. Not going to go see that. And then yeah, I went and here are two. Yeah, and here are two actors you should never put together ever. And then they were great. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, so um, so that's that's my basic thoughts. I think it's pretty much a lock at this point. I think the best actor, best actress, and best picture are pretty much set in stone at this point. We'll see. Aaron, are they still doing... Because I haven't been keeping up that hard. Um, I know a few of what got nominated, but are they doing that silly thing still where they do where they put ten in the in the it's, best picture it's, category? Yes, they are. What it is is it's based on um, a percentage. <clears throat> if a movie gets a certain percentage of nominations from the Academy, it is a best picture nominee, and that could be anywhere from five to ten. So it just depends oh, okay. on the year. So the number is not locked. Interesting. No, the number is not locked. It's a percentage thing. This year there are nine. Huh. So, yeah. Well, and they, and, they, and it's a good on. year to have a lot. There were a lot of great movies that came out this year. Yeah, so. that's the thing. The first year they added that rule in, it was kind of laughable. Some of the stuff that got nominated. And so, like, I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad this last year at least it was a really good movie year where everything that got in probably deserves to at least be on that list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to kind of our second uh, topic here. And before we do that, Steve, since you or, or Emmett, either one who's asked a question, I would love to know more about your side of that experience, how that works for you. If you had to do it on Google Plus or YouTube, so if you would mind, yeah, tell us where that happened. Where yeah, you tell found us how that, that happened for you, like in the comments or or however you want to do that. Um, we just point. turned it on. We yeah. don't know how it works. Because yeah. I'm also I'm also interested to know like when we up? answer those questions, do they do they pop up yeah. on screen? Do they get included? He doesn't uh, want to watch included? this video later. He doesn't want to go back and watch it. He wants to I, tell him right now. No, I don't care what you tell me. I'm just curious. For him. You know, I'll be curious to see if they show up in the YouTube comments or, you know, Look, if we're... We're, we're lazy. We got things to do. And sure. uh, we feel like you, you guys could tell us this stuff right now. Dance, Save us a little people. bit of time. So, yeah. I got, listen, I got, I got to go spend time with my peeps in L.A. You know, I gotta go hang out with Leo <laughs> and Tom and my peeps you know. in LA. Oh yeah, well, me and my Saint Bernard are gonna hang out, so there. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play with action figures with my little kid. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, deal with that. You know what? Both of those Aaron sound Sizer. amazing. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the big news uh, in movies this week, which is that uh, Batman versus Superman has been pushed to 2016. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Were you excited for this movie to begin with? Is that a bummer, or are we glad that they're taking their time with it? I will go first, because I'm not sure how much I'm going to have on this topic, but my first instinct was, good, if it's not working, don't force it. I would much rather see a well-put-together film than see something that they're like, oh, well, we said it was going to come out this date, so we're just going to really rush to get it done. So um, when I was kind of listening to some of the stories about it uh, in the news, I thought, okay, that's good. You know, work out the kinks, make it good so that you don't have a movie that just completely falls apart because I love Batman and my greatest fear um, is watching a Batman film that I'm not going to enjoy because he's my favorite superhero. So, Okay. That's my thoughts. Cap? Uh, I think that this is um, really good news, uh, but that the project could potentially be in really big trouble um, at the same time. I, I'm, I'm thinking that this means that they've switched gears a bit and they're taking it in a slightly different direction. Uh, the movie was pushed back um, because of uh, mostly rewrites from what we know right now. Um, we've got uh, Chris Terrio rewriting it, who's the guy who wrote Argo, and that, that ain't a coincidence, guys. Um, we've got... Uh, uh, 
because because we've got Affleck playing Batman, um, th- th- and, and he directed that movie, this cannot be a coincidence. Um, I think this means that um, all of the all of the fans that think that eventually we're going to see Ben Affleck direct one of these is uh, spot on. If that doesn't happen at this point, I'm going to be very very surprised. So um, it, it uh, it's really good news because I didn't like that Goyer was pinning it. Um, I, I don't I don't like the idea of Goyer getting to reboot Batman because he did the last one. Uh, Goyer wrote Batman Begins. Uh, you shouldn't get to reboot reboot the franchise that you started in the first place. Uh, we need we need we need fresh we need fresh blood. And I mean that's nothing we against Goyer. Um, I. I have liked I have liked a lot of things from him, but I also feel like he's a little bit burnt out right now. Um, I liked Man of Steel a lot, and yet those characters were a little more wooden than they should have been. I mean, getting some distance from it, the ideas in that movie are are, are great, and the sci-fi stuff's what I reached on to, but it doesn't have the heart and the joy that it ought to have, and I feel like Goyer's a little bit burnt out. So um, it's it's time to see some fresh blood on this, and um, I think they I, I think what happened was they they looked at the script and um and they said I. Uh, yeah, this is going to be more as polarizing or more polarizing than Man of Steel was. We need help. Uh, and they brought somebody else in. Um, also, we need to stop calling it Batman versus Superman because I really don't think that's what it's going to be. Um, we've we've already we've already got we've already got Wonder Woman cast. I think there's every good uh, possibility, especially now that we know it's been pushed back, that this is not going to be Man of Steel two or Batman versus Superman. I think it's likely they just straight up you Justice League first now. Um, it, they they may not go that way. It might be like a Justice League setup movie, but I really doubt that the it, it, that um if if anything that the word versus will be in the title. I really doubt it. It's it's interesting because. To me, it emphasizes what has long been thought of the difference between Marvel and DC in the movie uh, industry, which is Marvel has this incredible plan. They they execute it. You know, they have Phase One and Phase Two, and they you know they do their setup movies and they do the big Avengers. Like you know, it's just this this laid out plan. And then DC's like, ah, let's do this and let's do this and ooh, maybe we should try. And it seems more like trying to figure it out and maybe that's just the the consequence of being kind of number two to the party in that way and doing those things but it just feels like this is another example of DC is having a hard time getting it together does that make sense but now's the time yeah, no. to do it now's the time to get it together before the film comes out so I'm, that's exciting to me that they're willing to make those calls well, you're, Aaron, you're absolutely right. Warner's is really reactive, and um, the two big mistakes I think they've they've been making lately that they that they made with with Green Lantern, um, and uh, and in the Justice League project that almost happened. You remember that movie was in development, and they dropped. Um, and I mean, like DC has a long history of this. Uh, you know, remember we had we had two or three Superman movies that were in development and never and never ended up coming to fruition uh, between the '90s and the, in the early 2000s. And uh, you know, I, I, like I said I think they made they've made two the two big mistakes over their history. The first one is um, they have they have a tendency, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, to just wait and see what Marvel does and then. Like like uh, like try to get a piece of that pie instead of just make a movie and see if it works. Um, with with uh, with Batman, I mean like the, with Batman Begins up through Rises, that was the first franchise they had that you know really worked out. And really, Batman was the only thing they could ever make work besides Superman really early on, you know, late seventies, early eighties. And so um, the big mistake they've been making is the first one is in thinking that their new franchise must 
be a big expansive universe, but also be exactly the same thing that Dark Knight was. Um, because it's like, okay, that was successful, so now we have a formula, and we have to do that, but it also has to be, you know, this this expansive universe. And the other thing is, uh, related to that, they won't just make a movie. They've got to, like, they've got to, like, sit around and play the numbers constantly, and it, it makes it really stale. It makes it look like they're not about storytelling. And, uh, you know, you look at, you look at at least most of the Marvel films, and and, you know, it looks like people just attempted to make good movies, and then yeah. if they if they worked, then they built on them. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. All right. I'm gonna select a question here. Uh, it says Aaron Captain A, have you seen the official title list? It'll be Man of Steel with a subtitle like Battle the Night Beyond Darkness and Night Falls. Oh, that's really? Then this is official. And this is official, Steve. So okay. uh, the, that's what Steve's saying. So you know, as we're talking yeah. about titles, those may be. Steve some of is them. a professional. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, here's what here's what I like about that. Um, I mean, I, I I don't ultimately like that. It doesn't sound good. But what I like about it is it means it's going to be a Superman movie first, which it needs to be because I, uh, I mean, like, totally like, agree with that. You get to the end of that. You get to the end of that movie, and we have something that looks akin to the Superman we all know for the last five minutes of the movie. Please let me play in that world for a while before you start adding characters and putting him deep, deep in the background. Uh, we also already know that uh, Perry White is going to be in the film, and we know that Lois Lane is going to be in the film, um, and uh, even even Martha Kent. So, you know, given that that supporting cast is all back, um, I already thought maybe it was going to be more of a Superman movie than anything. So, yeah, I guess they're not. But but I but I guess they're not just going straight Justice League. Um, which makes you wonder, where the heck does Wonder Woman fit in? <laughs> there's there's the answer wants. to your question. There's the answer to your question earlier. Amy Adams. I, I got a chance to hang out and meet Amy Adams. Oh, cool. Very cool. So, so, boy, yeah. boy, was she in everything this year. <laughs> right? Good God, last year. Good God. She was she in, really she's was. in at least three major movies. Like I didn't even know she was in her, and then I'm watching her going, God, what was she not in in 2013? <laughs> um... Yeah, and I think I, I'm I'm glad they're taking their time. I'm glad they want to get it right. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right when you nail the story aspect of what Marvel does. And they also give creative directors permission to make their movie, too. They don't say, here, you know, put all this stuff together. They say, cast your vision. And I think of, and this is... A, uh... Kinda, kinda, uh, to a degree. They do have mandates from mandates from on high. For instance, Marvel insisted that uh, Joss Whedon kill off Coulson in Avengers. That wasn't his idea. He did not ah. want to do that. Um, no, there, no, there are some things. And in fact, Favreau left over too much mandate from on high. Um, they, they, uh, they crippled him too much with Iron Man two, and uh, he, he just, he didn't, he didn't like the reins, and so that's why he didn't do three. So I mean, yeah. like, I think you're right that they do a better job of that. Than the than uh, DC does, but there's still some Hollywood finagling going on, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's fair point. I, you know, what I saw was Favreau making a Favreau movie, and as we're going to talk about, uh, you know, maybe we transition here to our review. But Kenneth Branagh, you know, yeah. making a Kenneth Branagh movie, you know, and yeah, again, kind of, kind of. I mean, it wasn't Shakespeare. Yeah. But it was Shakespeare. No, but also I don't think I don't think Thor looks like a Kenneth uh, Kenneth Branagh movie, and I think that this movie, if, if we're if we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it, um, uh, shows us that this guy actually can direct action. Because when I saw Thor, I didn't think he could. Ah, well, let's get into it then. Uh, we are going to yeah. review Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Um, came out uh, this weekend. In fact, uh, when I was walking out of Jimmy Kimmel, 
um, right across from the uh, Grauman Ch uh, Chinese Theater there in, in downtown LA. They were doing the big premiere, and so I walk out of Kimmel and, and basically run into Kevin Costner. Did you uh, oh, man. So they were there. He was signing autographs, and the paparazzi was going crazy, and it was it was you surreal. You thought that they were there for you. Like, I did. I was waving, and I was I was hey. trying to sign stuff, and people were pulling their thing back, like, "What are you doing?" And it was <laughs> yeah, it was a mess. You know, Aaron, I might not get to hang out with movie stars, but uh, that actually does happen to me. I walk out of my house every so often, and there's just like cameras there, and it's great. I thought yeah. you were gonna stop at you walk out of your house. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, I walk out of my house. It's a, it's, it's this thing that happens. No, man, there's always, there, there's always somebody on my front lawn wanting a piece of me, and it's, yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I'm just um, so let's get into that this movie. Happen. Let's, let's start with, uh, let's start with things we liked, and, and go from there. Uh, Danae, what did you like about this movie? Oh, that's unfortunate that you and I. You know what? No, part. okay. Let me change it. I'm flipping it up. Let's start with general thoughts. Just overall, generally, kind of concisely, what did um, you think of the movie? I would say that there are some people that would recommend go see this movie, and that's anybody who has trouble following a plot line because they lay it out for you. Real easy. It's very cookie cutter. You're not really going to get too confused because there's labeling for the whole movie, and everything is kind of lined out really well. So um, I think that's a pro and a con, but I would recommend this movie. I thought that it was really... Um, you know, like the violence and the language was really toned down. I really don't remember very much language at all, in fact. Um, and there really wasn't like an abundance of gore. There was just very, very little, you know, blood spill and violence. I mean, there's a there's a couple of, you know, fight scenes that are pretty intense emotionally and they're packed with emotion and, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, I, I kind of like that they eased up on that. It didn't go over the top. So I, I would say those are kind of the initial thoughts. So kind of a, a a little bit of a recommend. Um, you yeah. didn't love it, but you liked didn't it enough it. to say, hey, you might want to see this. Yeah, I think there's a certain friends that like action movies and maybe like certain actors or certain types of movies that I think this would hit their wheelhouse pretty nicely. What do you think, Cap? Uh, you know, this is not uh, my genre, and so um, and so I, I was uh, really excited by how much I liked it. Um, I. Uh, I was impressed by how dialogue-driven this movie was. Uh, the action absolutely serves the story, and it's one of those films where, uh, yeah, there is a big, giant, grand uh, kind of action scene with some preposterous things that happens in the third act. But by, <laughs> but, uh, but I think it builds up okay to that, and 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 kind of, and, you know, like like. Like that's the big plot we've been building towards. So when it finally happens, your way you don't feel like the movie has degenerated into something. Um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty emotionally driven film and a and a, and a, and a dialogue driven movie. And um, I was uh, happy that I cared about the people involved. Um, it was uh, for for a for a kind of kind of fun popcorn um, romp. It was more sophisticated than I thought it would be. Um, and Aaron, I think I think uh, uh, the most sophisticated thing it does is. It allows an action hero to experience trauma, and I yeah, really appreciated this that. This is something that I think you see the genesis of in the Bourne movies uh, with, yeah. with Jason Bourne, sure. uh, that kind of new style action hero that is damaged, not just damaged in kind of a psychological way, but but is um, but really is can be seen as frail in a lot of ways. You know, is is really damageable. I agree with that. Well, There's and I mean, I. 
Yeah, I didn't feel like this guy was like a was like a damaged character or like messed up or anything. He just reacted to things he'd never experienced the way I thought I would, and yes. so it was easier to relate to him. Um, after the because I like that he's not a field agent right away, and I mean he's been in war, and so you buy he can do all the physical stuff that he does. But when he actually has to just to 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 go out and do the covert spy stuff, and he's not used to that. And I really like, by the way, when he says I'm not I'm out of my element. And when you get uh, when you get that that uh, that first big um, uh, action or, or uh, uh, fight scene um, at the hotel, where, uh, yeah, at the hotel, um, you get to the end of that, and I really love that his hands are shaking, man. Like that's yeah, that's Kevin great. Costner, you know, Kevin you get to feel it along with him. Even even draws attention to that and says it's good. You know, it's good that they're shaking now and and not during not, or whatever. And you're during. absolutely right. That mm-hmm. is that is a really uh, great thing that they did in this. Overall, for me. Um, this is one of those movies I come out going, man, I feel like I really liked this, and I'm not sure I should have. Like, it's like it feels okay. like it's not a... And what I mean by that is, if you really take the critical eye to it, and you look at it, there are some, some really... Um, there are some really distracting flaws to this movie, which... Okay. With plot development a little bit, as well as, which you already mentioned, which is uh, the things that are done in this movie that just aren't humanly possible. Um, so, you know, you have those things that take you out of it a little bit, but I come out of it and I go, you know, I really had a fun time, though, and that's why I go to a movie. I go to kind of, you know, especially a movie like this, to enjoy it and have a good time, and I, so I think I came out of it um, very similar to, to Danae, enjoying it, but um, kind of knowing if I got into a conversation with somebody who was kind of a, you know, a movie critic like me, they might go, really? You know, yeah. Shadow Recruit? But, yeah. you know, but like I had a good funny. time. Yeah, by the end of the film, despite myself and despite my notes, which are not positive, I was, like, enjoying myself in the middle of the third act. I was like, okay, at what point did this switch over for me? And I start to kind of go, okay, I'm in the story now. Because it hit some gear about the third act, I think, where I was I guess moving. I, wow, I must it, be. Yeah. I must be just super lowbrow, man. I did not <laughs> expect that I was going to like this movie this much more than you guys did. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, okay. I'm not saying it it's. okay. I ain't saying it's genius or nothing, but um, but uh, there there were there were a couple of themes I really latched onto that I think it handled really well. Uh, the the biggest of them being um being history, and uh, I really dug that um that I uh, you know you know Jack Ryan uh, goes through this movie and manages to accomplish what he accomplishes um because he has this understanding of history. Uh, and um I mean like. It's played out in kind of an easy way, I suppose, but um, but you know, I got what they were doing. I kind of I kind of dug that. I also really I also really appreciated um, the uh, the parallels between the hero and the villain. I think uh, Kenneth Branagh, by the way, really tears it up as the Russian bad guy, and um, and I thought that um, I really went in expecting that guy to be entirely two dimensional, and I liked that he he seemed like a like a fully realized character without me having to know every single little tidbit about his background. Like, by the time I'm to the end of the movie, I don't know very much about this guy, but he feels like a fully realized character. That that first scene, though, it sets him up to be two-dimensional. Like, when I watch that, the scene where he's introduced... It does. I, I do not like that scene. That's I, fair. Okay. Because by the, yeah. end, by the end, I'm with you. I yeah. think he does a okay. great job in his performance by the end, but that setup was so scenery-chewing and just, you know... <laughs> I, I wrote, yeah, I wrote down it was unconvincing and forced connection. 
like there was something about the introduction to the villain. It's it was trying so hard to like really be this epic thing. Um, I forgot all about it. I got it, I got I got past it and I forgot all about it. You're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. I just when I wrote it, I was like, oh no, who is this guy gonna be? Um, but I I found myself going, oh no, a lot, and then going, nope, just stick with it today. It's gonna be okay. And and again, by the end, I was. Despite myself, I was enjoying myself. So well, here's here's a few things that uh, we'll uh, let's let's do talk about a few things we did like about it um, that maybe we haven't mentioned. One I'll mention is the setup is really efficient in this movie. The backstory for Jack Ryan in this movie is important, but they get to it quickly, and they the the jumps they do in his story are large, but you never feel lost, and they set up his history. Uh, in the first 10, maybe 15 minutes of the movie, very, very well. I really thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, they really did boil it down. It's almost like, a, um, and I'm not sure because I have not read these books, so I'm not sure how much they had to kind of boil down to get to these little Well, and this was, this was a, an original story. This, this wasn't based on anything. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder then. Yeah, it's been. I wondered because of the plot line, it, you know, it has more recent events for, uh, you know, the motivation to kind of get Jack Ryan involved in the CIA and things like that. There was definitely more I like felt, current. I felt very much like this was a franchise reboot. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And since we're kind of on that topic, I'll go ahead and pop this question up. Uh, Steve asks another good question. Would you say it's better than the previous Jack Ryan and Tom Clancy films? Well, the problem is I'm not familiar with them, so I had no point of comparison. Uh, oh, interesting. Have you seen be... any of them? No, and I know that's awful. I just I haven't. Um, I'm not a big action what? movie guy. I've never gone back to them. I've, I've still not. I, I own Hunt for Red October. I've never sat down and watched it. Wow. What about you, Danae? Have you seen the, the older ones? No, I real I haven't, and that was something that I kind of was. I didn't know if I should try to do a little bit of background, you know, going into it. Um, Similarly with uh, Ender's Game, for example, just as a comparison, I wanted to read the book before I saw the film, and now I have read the book, so I'm going to go see that film. But with Jack Ryan, I was kind of like, I don't even really know where to start with this. So I just yeah. went in and watched it. So I don't have any comparison, unfortunately. Well, I have I have seen, I think, all of them. Um, my favorite is Clear and Present Danger. Uh, love that movie, and uh, don't think this one is as good as it. Although it's different because movies... Movies do show their age, and these movies were made, you know, 20 yeah, years ago. And, and, and I, yeah. I looked at it says Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, The Sum of All Fears, right? Yeah, and Sum of All Fears was Affleck, wasn't it? Um, yeah. No. I think so. It, I, I know Affleck was in one of them. I think that was the one. <laughs> So, so yeah, Alec Baldwin played Jack Ryan in Hunt for Red October, and then Harrison Ford in the next two Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. See, I and didn't then... even know that that was the, like the character. I never knew that yep. until Wikipedia in this moment, having that revelation right now. That's cool. Way to go, Tom Clancy. I like how Daredevil and Captain Kirk now have played this role. <laughs> <laughs> and Batman. Oh, and Batman. And, Batman. and Han Solo. Eventually... Eventually Batman. Oh, and Han Solo. That's true. Good point. <laughs> and the president in Air Force One. Oh, this is so <laughs> right. crazy. Um, so I would say, Steve, uh, I think it's. I think it ranks up there. I think they're different movies, and they're from a different time, too, so it's really hard to compare. I just always go back to that scene where Harrison Ford goes into the president in Clear and Present Danger, and the president's like, how dare you come in here and bark at me like some sort of junkyard dog? And then Harrison Ford looks the president. He looks the president right in the face and he goes, How dare you, sir? How dare you? 
I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, there's there's not no there's nothing that cool in this movie. That's <laughs> no, a good, yeah, that's a good point. Either. Yeah. In fact, I don't think that there's any great line either. And I I don't know. I don't want to transition into some of that stuff that I want to kind of get to in a moment. But I don't. There's no real lasting impression moment as far as uh, script for me. So I so maybe if I had. More well, but here's the thing, and, and, and I'll mention this in my positives because, uh, Cap, you touched on this. I love the dialogue in this movie. I love the yeah, dialogue. I love the dialogue face-offs where you've got two people, and that's a very Clancy thing, you know, where you've got two people just kind of going at it with dialogue. And um, and I think because of that, Danae, I think there's not like those zingers, those one-liners, right. but there's some really it's clever interaction. Yeah. Maybe my most favorite, and it's unfortunate because I think it was in the trailer as well, which might make it a little bit more of a lasting impression for me uh, as far as that dialogue moment, um, is when the girlfriend slash fiance finds herself in the same hotel room as Jack Ryan and uh, with their mentor. Oh, goodness, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Kevin Costner's the actor. Kevin Costner, yeah. And so Kevin's kind of like going, guys, we're running out of time here, and it, I liked that moment. That felt like a really nice, real moment for me. And that is at at, at that point it was in the movie. It had kind of started to progress. I was in. I was in it a little more then. So. Um. Yeah. And uh, that that's kind of the the thing that I like too. Were those moments? Um. Do we want to talk a little bit about performances before we head to maybe some of the nitpicks we had or, or negative things? Like Chris Pine, I really liked. I thought he was really good in this. I continue to think he does great work. Um. I I love Kevin Costner in this. I think yeah, he is great. great in this role, and it, and it continues on what he did in uh, Man of Steel, which I thought he was great in that too. He has really found his his kind of niche as he's gotten older in in this kind of compassionate leader. Mm-hmm. And I think he, I just, I love him in this movie. And we've already talked a little bit about Brana, who I thought started off two dimensional and over the right. top, but I think really worked himself into a what really about, decent role. What about Kira Knightley? What did you guys think of her? Uh, she was fine. She was serviceable. Um, I felt like kind of anybody could have probably played that role, but she. Yeah. I mean, it That's worked. That's kind of what I find sure. myself doing too. It's kind of going. Um, I, I I really never sunk into her. I, I I don't know why. I don't know if I was distracted by like the last time I saw her was Pirates or not. Um, and I and I found myself like a couple of the expressions that she gave, like her emoting, seemed to be like a grimace, and I. And so maybe her take on what the character was experiencing was different than what my take on that character would, would be. So I wasn't really relating to her as much as I wanted to. And then other times it would just flip right over for me and I would be like, yep, I'm with her again. So Yeah, she didn't shine for me until the scene where she and Kenneth Branagh are trying yes. to manipulate each other into doing things. Yeah. Um, that was great. You know, There's once I got her there, yeah. when, you're, when you're watching that scene, you're like, oh, okay, that's why they cast her. All right. Yeah, that was a really great scene. That really gave her some dimension that I think she had been slightly missing beforehand. It's almost, um, and maybe it was because there's a lot of backstory that they wanted to get to, a lot of that kind of bringing you to this. It's almost like they're like little uh, flashcards. This happens, and this happens, and this happens. And you can sit in those moments a little bit longer, but it kind of it starts to move you forward, and maybe you're, I was missing a little bit of a character development from her, but she comes in later, and it, it works fine. So. Did you guys feel at all like, and Clancy has this, um, and again, this isn't written you know, based on a book by him, but he has this thing where he loves the dialogue and the complexity of geopolitics and all those kind of things. 
did, did you feel at all that that was a barrier to entry to this story? Like you had to kind of find your way into understanding the geopolitics of it, or was that pretty clear to you? Danae, you touched on this a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I will say I actually didn't mind it, even though it's not something that I watch. I don't watch the stock market. I don't watch um, those types of things. I find myself still drawn into it because it felt like it was intellectual conversation and things like that. But then also, um, I found myself relating to the character later on who says, give it to me in layman's terms. Like, just tell me as if I'm a dumb person. And so then the plot develops a little bit more, and you kind of get to understand more layman's terms what is happening with the financial crisis and why it's important to this film. Maybe they waited a little bit too long for that, but at the same time, there's a whole culture of people who are really going to love that detail. So I was... I, I actually kind of am okay with them doing that. It lost me a little bit, but then I kind of gained it later. Cap? Um, I, when I go into a movie like this, I'm always um, a little bit timid because I expect to be preached at, and I really appreciated that I wasn't here. Uh, th this is the, the film. When you open a movie like this with September 11th, you are very squarely saying, we are going to tell you a story with the backdrop of current hot-button issues. Um, and as long as they don't tell me which way I need, I, I'm supposed to swing on that, I, 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 I'm totally fine with that. Um, and also, I didn't feel like it was exactly the world we live in. It was it was slightly heightened, and my, my uh, belief was suspended. I mean, my, my uh, disbelief was sufficiently suspended. And so, um, like, like uh, you know, Brandon and I talked about this when we reviewed it. I, um, um, Brandon, and I didn't get this until he and I talked about it. I think he might be honest something. Um, he, he suggested that um, there might be a bit of a hint at some 9-11 conspiracy in this, and uh, that, that, um, that, uh, the, the, uh, that the, um, you know, towers being hit and stuff was um, about a broader plan, uh, potentially, uh, uh, to, a broader, to, uh, to... A broader plan to convince Jack Ryan to be a part of the CIA. No, but but to, but to cite, well yeah, but, um, but but potentially but potentially a money siphoning plan. What I like is that um that could be there um but it's not it's not the movie um and uh, and so I mean like like uh, you've got this you got this this uh kind of thing with 9-11 where it sets up, uh, here's what those kinds of terrorist uh, attacks could be used for, but it doesn't, it's not really saying anything about 9-11 itself. It's more about just the way that changed the yeah. world. Uh, I, and, I, and, I, and I really like that. But I, like I said, I don't feel like I'm necessarily in the real world so much as one that's kind of like, like the one alternate. I live in. It felt yeah, like an alternate and, to me. And, and I, I like that. They, it that makes it be that way because this is yeah, a exactly. topic that if they would have yeah. played it stronger for either straight truth this way or straight truth this way, however, they they did a really good job of of kind of showing that a lot of these um, decisions for Jack Ryan to join the military, things like that, happened as a result of 9/11. But it doesn't go into the it doesn't go into the why of 9/11. It moves forward from that, and I was really thankful for that because that's just such a touchy subject that. You know, that's a whole I, different. I also, thought, you know, I also like that that's an, that 9/11 is the inciting in incident that inspires both the hero and the villain to do what they do for their countries. Hmm. And so, without without that, you wouldn't have had either of them in exactly the place they are by the time you, by the time you, uh, you you get later in the film. I yeah. think that's pretty sophisticated. I like that's that. Sophisticated. No, I didn't that's catch good that. Stuff. That's good. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's go to this question. 
Okay. Uh, this one also from Steve with great questions. Cap, in your Field of Dreams commentary, you say that Kevin Costner isn't normally a good pick for action movies. Does this change your opinion slightly? Well, um, that opinion I, when I did that commentary was entirely unfounded because I haven't watched Kevin Costner in enough uh, uh, different movies. Uh, he's done a lot of westerns that I've never seen, and uh, he may be a great action star. And I just don't, you know, I just don't know it. I think right now where he is in his career, the, these are the kind of roles he seems to be best at, um, or these kind of mentor things. And you know, put, yeah, put him in the middle of an action thing, and maybe every now and again give him a gun and let him do something. But, um, but I mean. Like uh, he's he's tearing it up at, in in these in these scenes in in these movies where he's um, like I said being being a mentor and like like imparting words of wisdom, uh, you know, keep him there. Yeah, yeah, he's I, like I said, I think he's really found his niche. Um, briefly, let's talk about since you mentioned it, Cap, um, or maybe not briefly. Who cares? Uh, Kenneth Branagh directing. Uh, like I said, I I I didn't expect it to work uh, because it, this doesn't seem like his his kind of bag, right? Like, really, Kenneth Branagh's gonna direct Jack Ryan? Okay. Um, has uh, um, Aaron has he ever directed an action movie besides Thor? I mean, like, has he done no, stuff Thor like was this? really Thor was really his first. Uh, kind of for a if if I, unless I'm forgetting something which is very possible into this all I knew him for was Shakespeare stuff. Um, Me too. I love yeah. his Much Ado About Nothing. I think it's incredible. It's and it holds up. I just watched it uh, this past year when uh, Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing came out. I watched them both back to back just for you know for reference. And uh, man, that movie holds up. He's he's incredible with Shakespeare stuff. Um, so that surprised me when he did Thor. I was like, oh, the Shakespeare dude's doing Thor. And so I think that was his first. Well, and that should have been a perfect fit. I just, in, with my personal opinion, I, I don't think I don't think it worked out the way it, the way it ought to have. But I, I also don't think that he got to make the movie he would have made if he was given all the you know all the license. Um, but uh, not not a bad movie. I've talked about it at length. But um, but you know, I, I got excited about it being Branagh because I I expected a little bit more sophistication, um, a little bit more of that of that Shakespearean background to come through, and and it, I I don't think it did. Uh, with this, uh, oddly, it does a little bit. Um, um, with with uh, with like I said the the thread the thread about um about uh, about history and uh, and that kind of stuff. Um, I, Aaron, I don't know if you had this. I did feel like some of the action was a little jumpy. It was hard to tell what was going on. Um, that seems to just be a modern action movie making thing right now. There, there was there was some shaky cam. I didn't need that. Uh, Again, there's one scene early on. Again, one scene that really on. started with with Bourne. That's a Bourne yeah. thing too, you know. Uh, you, when we went from James Bond to Jason Bourne, a lot of that stuff changed, and you know, and that's we were kind of Paul Greengrass. He loves shaky cam, man. So that's you know, that's kind I'm of where we're you. at. I'm with you on that, and I don't know if that's. Um, I mean, obviously, that's a director's choice, and I don't know that I would recommend seeing this movie in the IMAX. That's something else that I wanted to make sure that I said is. I don't think you need to see it in a huge screen because I wondered if, for me, it was harder to kind of focus on some of those scenes because the screen was so huge. Um, there's this one scene that really bugged me. It's just after Jack Ryan lands in Russia, and they're on the road, and it kind of just sweeps out over the Russian you know, countryside. And he's kind of going, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so blurry. Like, you couldn't see anything. <laughs> you, there was no... There was no identifying of buildings. I mean, you could see that they were shaped differently. They were shaped 
it it blew my mind. And I, I was like, really? I can't see. It's just all blur. So that really bugged me. And I was like, is that a director thing or is that a cinematographer thing? Like who did who made that call? So I don't I even agree know what that. it yeah, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. There was there was definitely a missed opportunity in photographing scenery because, like, you know, we're in Russia. I don't know oh. if they actually shot on location. I'm assuming they probably didn't. Um, I don't know, but I mean, like, some of the, you know, it would have been nice to see some of the buildings a little a little longer and a little closer. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like, it's not fair to compare these things, but you know, you look at the you look at the photography in Skyfall, and it's night and day, right? Like. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, Skyfall is so beautiful. That's a great a great way to to draw perspective on how there's that missed opportunity here. No, it's an unfair it's an unfair perspective, but it, I mean it's an unfair example, but you know. Um. Yeah, it's it's it, I definitely hear what you guys are saying. The only other thing that that I wanted to mention um, about uh, uh, Brano directing, which by the way he was on Kimmel when I was there as well. Um, oh so that was, man, that was fun to get uh, to hear him. I am so jealous of you. So <laughs> you got to see, man. He uh. talked about he talked about his love uh, for um, YouTube videos where people fall and hurt themselves. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because but... Kim will ask him. He said, you know, everybody. He just got knighted, so he's Sir Kenneth Branagh now, actually. Oh. So, um, indeed. Jimmy uh, Kim will ask him. You know, what is that thing that you do that? you know, can knock you down to size so that we all feel like you're a human being like us. And he was like, yeah, I love, you know, like uh, skateboarding videos because oh, they often get hurt. That's terrible. <laughs> I can't watch that stuff. That stuff makes me hurt. Like, I get, like, this, like, gut pain. And you're, when and you're not even it. a dude. I'm not even a dude. I don't even... <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what that feels like. Just falling like some of those guys fall. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do get that weird, horrible feeling inside, like on breaks or something. I do have, I do laugh when people fall in real life in front of me. That's something I've been working on for a long time because it's just rude. Um, and then I do laugh at Grape Lady. That one. That one. Grape Lady on YouTube. Yeah. Go That's ahead, do, a do your imitation. Oh, oh, oh! It's just so wrong that I find that so funny. Um, so, anyways, I did want—I did want to mention the fact that he's directing himself in this, which is a, a really interesting thing, you know. In, uh, I mean, Affleck does it, um, you know, and others have done it. But I just, especially with a role like this, you just wonder, like the conversations he has with himself about his performance. You know, like, it's yeah. just, it's, re it's really interesting. You know, I yeah. think you're laying, you know me, I think you're laying that accent on just a little bit too thick. Uh, <laughs> That's right. You could, back, you could back that off just a little bit. Um, you know, people people talk a lot about how difficult it must be to, to direct yourself, and I think it's, I think it depends on the on the person, on the, on the actor, right? Like, I think some people really thrive on it. Um, I'm finding myself, and I don't think we have a big enough sample set, but I'm finding myself thinking that Branagh doesn't direct well unless he's in a movie. Um, and then, and then you, you know, you know, you go to people like uh, Sylvester Stallone, like, like that that guy uh, is a fantastic actor director and always is the main character in whatever it is he wrote. Um, I, I think some people thrive on it. And what's interesting as well, and I think you're absolutely right. He also talked about how Kevin Costner has been actor director in some of his stuff, like I don't know, Dances with Wolves. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, cool. and so having having Costner on set while he's directing himself was a great. It was almost like having a, a partner director in some huh. ways. That's oh, cool! That is yeah. cool. So yeah, he so we can that. blame Costner for the scenes that he didn't do very good. <laughs> sure. 
The the only other thing I wanted to mention was, and I, I've, I've kind of uh, addressed it um, a little bit before, that this movie has several moments where I just wrote in my notes, uh, no. <laughs> As if yeah. Example? That, that couldn't happen. Well, I can give you several examples, but perhaps chasing down a speeding vehicle with a pipe uh, might ring a few bells and jumping through the air and I that just there were just so many things he turned into Jack Ryan superhero a couple he times did. and I just I wasn't yeah it just didn't fit the rest of the film to me there there was a moment where Jack Ryan maybe I didn't really even understand what was happening because it didn't make it very obvious like I thought maybe you would for example I'll give you an, so I'm talking about how at the very beginning of this film he's kind of like no I'm an analyst. I'm just a regular guy, you know. And then it kind of turns into, well, you're a Marine, so you're not quite a regular guy. And then and then he's like, wait, am I your guy that's going to go in and do these super amazing things? And and then he sort of absorbs that role, and then quite suddenly it's just like this thing turns, and all of a sudden he is solving these incredibly complex, you know, series of things to find the bad guy. And then And then he's turning into an action hero where he's, leaping at cars and you know there's usually there's some sort of a progression where you're really relating a little bit more with the the movement from that to this but this is they kind of just lightly play on it so because they lightly play on it there were times towards the end of the movie I'm like who is this guy he's totally different than the guy at the beginning of the film and I didn't really see that switch happen usually there's like a pep talk or something you know someone sits down and says no you're this person you've got this inside of you and he's like Okay, I'm gonna do it. You know, but there was none. There was nothing like that. It was like a. He was just sitting there. He's like, I guess I'm that guy, huh? And Kevin Costner's like, Yeah. And then the movie <laughs> changes after that. So like, there's not really some sort of revelatory buildup. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I have those notes too. Mine are, what? Omg. Omg. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Omg. <laughs> So I've got some of those too. Or or that he's all of a sudden a stunt motorcycle driver or, you know, just kind of, there's just these moments where it's like, but see, here's the thing about those moments, right? The thing about those moments is the, there's one part of my brain that goes, come on, you know? Right. You totally know you're going to get dissed for this on Cinema Sins. And right. then there's, there's this other part of my brain that goes, man, that was cool. I loved seeing that. You yeah. know, so those those parts kind of fight with me in those kind of moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I had a really hard time not just straight giving it a pass, partly because I have to admit this. Um, I'm such a character guy that when I get into movies like this um, and suddenly all the action stuff starts happening, I totally tune out. I really yeah. do. My eyes glaze over and I wait for the next scene to happen. Like, watching it, I'm... <laughs> I, but I'm I'm not but I I have a very hard time I think not like I think I'm paying very close attention but then like you know you know I'll be I'll be I'll be seeing a movie with Brandon and he'll be like that could never happen I'm like what just happened that could never happen I don't even know what you're talking about I was watching the same thing you're I didn't even notice that so that's that so that's the thing and also it's just hard not to uh, like. Um, compare it to other things. Like so many movies will have a person that just like jumps into a, a, a helicopter and can suddenly fly it, even right. though you right. don't know where they sure. ever got any helicopter training. But this movie at least sets up 
that okay, he's had training of right. this kind, and exactly. he has training of it. And like I and like I said, I I was I guess I over and I'm not saying like I overlooked it on purpose, but I guess I didn't even think about that stuff because I was so <laughs> impressed because I was so impressed with um the movie giving the guy time to experience trauma when bad things yeah. happen yeah. to him. No, that's good. Um, and I, so I really like, like that. he was a re- he was a real person to me. Right. Um, I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys had this one thing I had. Um, and I I still can't decide if this is a problem or not. Is um the guy felt a little too perfect to me. Jack Ryan. Yeah, like I, just I, I you know he's kind of a is he's kind of just a can do. I'm just saying he's gorgeous. kind of a. He's kind of a can do no wrong type. Like there's, and I'm not saying that every movie has to have like a really a really deep conflicted internal conflict or anything. And this isn't this isn't that kind yeah. of movie. But like, maybe I'm more surprised by it than anything because um because like these days uh, we have this we have this I think kind of um somewhat messed up notion that like a character must be defined by one major flaw, which is very often really manif- manufactured. Yeah. But I, he does have a flaw, um, absolutely, and it has to do with the third act, and it has to do um, with <laughs> him. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm trying not to. I don't want to give anything away, but there's this um, road uh, chase. There's there's a scene where he's driving a vehicle, right, and um, he's having to fight a bad guy. Why is the bad guy in the vehicle? And I think it's because he put him there. I'm not sure. So I, I have to go back and, like, see that part again. I'm not sure how – so that's his flaw. His flaw is that you never never take the bad guy with you. You, you just <laughs> – you don't, you don't put him in the back of the vehicle just so that he could take a nap. So that's his flaw. He there wasn't thinking that one through. There you go. Um, it sounds like overall uh, we all enjoyed it. Perhaps, Cap, you enjoyed it a little bit more than we did. Um, I guess I was just kind of surprised by it. I didn't expect yeah. anything. Yeah, I, think I, I have that same more feeling, than, too. More than I went in for, yeah. Karen, if you're so, wrapping you know. up, there's one thing I have to mention. Yeah, that's fine. Mention the things okay. that, that you didn't get to mention that you want to talk about. Okay, here's the one thing that I, I, re- I realized, and it started at the very beginning of the film for me, and I'm really curious if anyone else will notice this, but the music absolutely ruined this movie for me. I think that the movie would have been way different for me if the music didn't do what classic movies do and they give it all away. Like, as soon as the female comes onto the screen, before we even know who she is, it's the love music. And as soon as there's an intense, it's the intense music, but it's there's no flow to it. There's, it, there's no guesswork. It is, you know exactly what's happening because the music tells you before the acting tells you, and that really bothers me in a movie because then I can't follow the people who are acting. I can't buy into their emotion because I'm already going, wait, you haven't got there yet, but the music is already telling me, and that really bugs me. So I I will say I I didn't necessarily feel that with this. I do understand what you're saying about the difference between informing a story and telegraphing a story with the music. Uh, Steven Sodenberg did a pretty amazing thing in a movie he did recently uh, and I can't remember the name of it. It was the one that starred the the chick who does MMA. Um, I think that's what she does. Anyways, he did this really interesting thing where the only music in the movie was during non-action scenes. Every time action started, all the music disappeared. But that's it, how Jason Bourne was. That's how the Bourne movies were. Really? That's how I don't Lord think... of the Rings was. Yeah, I mean, the music mm. stops. 
No. no. Born had Born had Born had some uh, during chase sequences. Of... Yeah, no, I maybe, did some of that. Maybe chase sequences, but I'm talking about like the intense fight scenes. It went, it goes quiet, and you're just hearing people beat each other. Oh up no, you're right. Like... If somebody's getting the no, you're right. If somebody's getting the crap beat out of them, the, yeah. the, the music yeah. goes away. You're you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So, anyways. Yeah, I didn't necessarily. Wow, Danae, I usually, boy, I usually pick up on music stuff like that. Oh, I didn't dude. have that either. It was and in fact, early. this is, I, I, I didn't even really notice the soundtrack in this film, which is very unusual for me. I thought it was kind of ambient and sort of, un, like, just there. This wow. is like the very first thing I write in the notes is the music is making me hate this because it's telling me who the love interest before I know wow. her. It's absolutely, st- it stole all the acting out. You know what, and I wonder. I wonder if it's something also, which this happens to me too, where something early on, this in this case, the love interest, piques your attention to an element, and then that's and you on. Can't let it go. And then you can't let it go. Then it's top Maybe of mind. Maybe I'm I'm really music driven. Like if there's if there's music, I'm listening to it. I love. Me too. I usually, that's why I'm music. so surprised I didn't have that. If you did, <laughs> but, yeah. But I'm not saying that that it wasn't talented music, and I would I I mean I I love the music. It's just. It was always a pace a little bit too early for me. And so I found myself then going, this is how you're going to try to make me feel. And then I'm like, I'm like butting against like, you can't make me feel that, you know? So it was like this way. Anyway, I don't also see a lot of movies as we know, and um, that might be changing as we do more of these, you know, uh, the Critic, the Geek, and the Girl videos, which I'm loving. So maybe that'll fade in the background, but at least for this film, it was not a bad film, but there's a couple of things that just made it difficult, more difficult for me to enjoy. Right, right. Um, Cap, did you have anything else you wanted to mention before we, we kind of wrapped up? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think I think we'd all recommend it. You, you yep. know, Cap maybe even a, a little more uh, jubilantly than us. I but, would totally uh, recommend this movie. Yeah, but we had a good time, and I think you will too at Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Um, we are across the hour mark, and I want to keep these you know, uh, as much close to an hour as we possibly can. So I do want to mention a couple uh, bits of viewer feedback um, that we can talk about briefly. One, I will, I'll go ahead and throw another question up here, uh, because it's more of a general question, even though it's specifically probably talking about Jack Ryan. Uh, but the question is, do you guys think that part of the reaction to this film, and I'd also add in others that come out around this time of year, is that January films uh, aren't very good. Maybe people are being unfairly harsh to them or not harsh enough because it's award season. What do you think about that? Uh, what are the general view- reviews about this movie? I haven't even looked in. I mean, are, are people in general not liking it, or do we know? I, I don't know. I haven't looked uh, in either. I'm going to go look at Rotten Tomatoes. I, I think last time I looked, it was I think it was somewhere like 68 or something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, mostly positive. Yeah, that feels right to me. Do you guys feel in general that movies that come out in January get uh, have it bad because everybody's buzzing about all the awards movies, and so comparatively they're just not they're not like that? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I think I think I think he's spot on about that. I do too, and I think part of it is that there's so many names of movies being thrown around, and so many people reliving their favorites that the ones that come out in January, it, it, they're competing on a different level. It's not just the ones that are coming out; it's all those that have come before that are getting those positive reviews. And so, you know, the world is kind of chatting about their favorites and which ones are going here and there. And so, those movies that are coming out right around that season are just sort of. Good. They're in the noise. Yeah, right? yeah. Those of us that go that go and see a lot of movies um, throughout the year, I think, need to be um, organized and make lists and try to remember what good things we saw at the beginning of the year, so that we don't pretend like the year started in August or June. 
uh, or, or, or you know, late May, uh, because so often, um, you know, you know, you'll get decent movies that'll come out in those first four or five months, and nobody talks about them. Yeah, by the end of the I year. was, I was really bummed on that point. There's a movie we talked about it in the best of our first episode uh, called Fruitvale yeah. Station that came out really early in the year, and I think well deserving of awards this season, and just completely forgotten. Hmm. And uh, and that that does. You know that makes me sad. You know that that we that we are just that human. You know that we only remember the last thing we saw. How dare we be human? Well, that's and like I said, why that. can't we just why can't we just be more organized? Why does this have to be based on our our, our frail memories of the last right. few months? You know what I mean? Like just make a list, and then when you sit down to say what was the great, go look at it and go, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Jack yeah, Ryan well that's, is that's so what dreamy. I do. Look at his face. It's not that hard. Oh, I'm looking at IMDb. Oh. Are you pining for Chris Denae? Are you She's pining for Chris? So, so there's this scene where he kind of just steps and like he, the, the sun is shining on his eyes and his blue eyes are just lit up and I'm just like, whoa. And that's again... In slow motion. Yeah, it, out so, loud. So Aaron... <laughs> Aaron, next time we see a movie with like a really, really cute chick that we both like, we need to really lay it on as thick as humanly possible. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about how hot Karen Eiley is, too. I can totally do that, but... Whoa. She's alright. Hands with the blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, she's... I, I, I don't often say this because I, you know, I don't like to cast uh, judgments, but if we're talking about appearance... Um, Kira Knightley falls. Kira Knightley falls into that common category for me of Hollywood women of eat a burger. Oh, you want her to be a little bit thicker? Oh, I do. I I just think a man just the skin and bones thing. I just don't like it, you know. And and she just often feels that way to me. But you know, that's me. She, she is skinny. I'll take. I will take appearance wise. I'll take Kate Winslet over Kira Knightley. Oh, Kate is so beautiful. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a couple more questions. This one comes from uh, somebody whose name is spelled in the Cyrillic alphabet, which is appropriate for the review we just did, so I can't pronounce it. Uh, says, Aaron, if you want to see a better RIPD, then I recommend you check out Good and Evil, or Good versus Evil. It's a TV show from 1999-2000, uh, and it's one of those clever, funny, and underrated shows. Either of you heard of that? No. I've never heard of that. Okay, I don't I, know what that is. I clarify. I have heard of it but I haven't ever looked into it myself. And I don't remember, but huh. I was just recently told about it. So let's see what it looks So, yeah. Like. So, I mean, that's that's something we can look at, into. And, of course, that comes from that being uh, both Cap and Mai's most disappointing movie of the year last year was RIPD. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so we'll talk sad. about that. Then the other I'd... one I wanted to mention that was in the comments um, was from Stephen Keith, who says, technology bugs aside, these three individuals discussing movies needs, in all caps, to be a quarterly, or at the very least, yearly occurrence. And to that we say, huzzah! Hey! Thanks! What a we nice will, thing to say! We will uh, we'll do you one better. Instead of doing quarterly, uh, or even monthly, we'll do bi-weekly. We'll do this every other week. How's that sound? Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, you should send us your uh, your intro song. We might We might go with that instead of the one we played. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Submit your your intro songs uh, this you know this next couple weeks, and Danae will play it at the beginning of the next. You show. know, you know, Danae, I, I really liked your song. I just felt like it needed some kind of a resolution. Like I felt like I kind of trailed off at the end. <laughs> you know, like ah ah like some sort of little jingle. Yeah, or at least I'll a benumbing or something. You know, yeah. I'll work on it, and or somebody else is going to get very inspired <laughs> and send one. 
<laughs> so yeah, we'll be is it, we're planning on doing this every uh, every other week, which makes the next one oh great, there's a month change. Yeah, so not the what's the week after the twenty seventh of January? It's uh, the week after the twenty seventh of January. Yeah, yeah, the Monday after that. <laughs> so February first Monday 3rd. of February. The third. We'll, we'll probably do the next one. So, oh, uh, but thank you for watching, um, man. I got to tell you, uh, we. We've had such a great time doing the first one, and if you guys are anything like me, I had such a great time doing this one. Uh, we're oh, excited yeah. to do more, so we're glad that at least Stephen's enjoying them, and hopefully others are too. <laughs> we'll, we'll the, you know what? We'll keep doing them as long as we're enjoying them, because at the end That's of the right. day, it's just fun to get together with friends and talk about this stuff. So yeah, this isn't about you; it's about us. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. How dare you think this is about uh, me? I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I love you too, man. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. I'll catch you in a couple weeks. Uh, for the geek and the girl, this is the critic saying so long.